You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Remember that hailstorm we had a few years ago? Oh yeah, lots of hail. We wound up needing a whole new roof. Actually, half the city needed yeah, a whole new roof. It was roof. big hail. And you never worry about hail until actually you see it destroy oh stuff. Oh my gosh, it mashed the garden. Yeah, well today when we get back to Egypt, we're going to have hail that really destroys stuff. Today, on, on More Than, than Ink. Well, good morning. Welcome to our dining room table. I'm Dorothy. And I'm Jim. And this is More Than Ink, where we just sit at our dining room table and talk about the scriptures. And, uh, and every we never know exactly where it's going, except we, what's in the text. And we bring up our own little handwritten notes, and we're not sure what the other person has. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, we don't rehearse these, and we don't plan them. It's kind of like playing Battleship. You know, I've got my... <laughs> On my side of the table, I got my stuff. You got your side, and we'll see see what comes out. It's, it's not, a fascinating process. It's not a competition, but it's no. sort of fun. This is what makes it fun. But we do teach each other and and also affirm each other, and you'll hear us disagree with each other once in a Absolutely. while. Absolutely. And, and that is part of the glory of wrestling together with the Word of God for understanding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, if you uh, just have an inkling to, to get together with someone and say, you know, let's read the Bible together. Well, neither one of us is an expert. How can we do this? Well, I'll tell you, when two people read the Word together, you come up with more than two people of questions, which makes it a, a really a fascinating thing to pursue. Yeah, now there are some basic basic rules yeah, right yeah. write down your questions yeah. let the scripture interpret itself don't just read a sentence and then go wig off into something weird right <laughs> so you know when we're reading narrative yeah, like yeah. this we want to be careful that we don't over spiritualize every point we right. look for the main right. point of the story right see what's transferable what is it telling us about god yeah. what is he like what is it saying to us about our condition yeah uh, and where does it connect with real history yeah yeah, and often when you do bring up questions that are, you both, you know, you raise your eyebrows and shrug your shoulders and go, I don't know, but what I do know is right. God is like this from right. what I'm seeing. So those are those are pretty obvious takeaways. Well, we have gone through now six plagues, mm. six of the ten plagues, and uh, last last week we left them with boils Boy, are they all over up. their skin. Yeah, they've lost all of their domestic animals, uh, their boils. Maybe they've recovered from the boils. I don't know. <coughs> But it, they are ramping up, and they're getting more personal and close to home. The boils were a very close-to-home thing, and so uh, God directly afflicts them, and that's a big deal. Today, uh, it's going to be sort of like that all over again. So, Well, and if you've ever been through a massive hailstorm oh like we gosh, were a few yes. years ago, you can just imagine how much damage massive hail. You, maybe you yeah. don't have to damage it. Uh, imagine it. Maybe you've experienced yeah, yeah. it, how much damage hail can do. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrible. In fact, when we when we moved to Spokane some years ago, the first month I was there, I was driving home on the freeway, and I couldn't see a car in front of me on the freeway. I got off the freeway because the hail came down so thick it made a curtain around me, mm. and then it went away in about 15 seconds, cleared up, and suddenly I could see around me, and there was a foot deep of hail on the freeway. Okay, we wow. need to get into the text. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Do you want me to start so, into yeah, it? Yeah, you start. Okay, well, so we're, we're in the middle of chapter 9, verse 13. This is the seventh plague. So... 
Then the Lord said to Moses, rise up early in the morning and present yourself before Pharaoh and say to him, you know, we've seen that before, this, these early morning chats, and say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. For this time, this time, I will send all my plagues on you yourself and on your servants and your people so that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. For by now, I could have I could have put out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence and, and you would have been cut off from the earth. That's a way of saying die. But for this purpose, I have raised you up to show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. You're still exalting yourself against my people and will not let them go. So behold, about this time tomorrow, I will cause very heavy hail to fall, such as never has been in Egypt from the day it was founded until now. And now therefore send, get your livestock and all that you have in the field into safe shelter for every man and beast that is in the field and is not brought home will die when the hail falls on them. Then whoever feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh hurried his slaves and his livestock into his houses. But whoever did not pay attention to the word of the Lord left his slaves and his livestock in the field. Okay, wait a minute. I thought all the livestock were killed. That's what it sounded like last time. In the previous time. plague. But we have some livestock still. Well, so as I said the other day, mm-hmm. it's possible that they went and bought more livestock from the Israelites who still the Israelites. had theirs. Right. Exactly. I mean, there's ways you pivot when you have these kinds of disasters, and they seem to have pivoted somehow. Right. So whatever they did to recover from that loss, they're going to lose if they don't pull it inside the barns. So that tells you that this this was a period of time that took place here. It wasn't like the next day after the cattle all died that they had to that this next one came. So we really have no frame of reference for how long the time span was for Mm -hmm. these things to unfold, but it was blow after blow after blow. You barely catch your breath and the next one comes. Yeah. The the last two were devastating economically. I mean, we talked about it's like our current COVID shutdown. So will this one be? Yeah. This is really bad deal. Now his, his, uh, his warning here, it's interesting. It's distinguished in a couple of ways. In fact, one way he actually says, you know, if you listen to what I'm saying, you can mitigate this disaster. You know, just just bring your animals inside. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? God says, yeah. if you obey me, if you believe what the I'm disaster saying. will not fall on you. Right. And there's a, there's a lot of theology that in that. There's a core principle <laughs> in the scriptures. If you hear yeah. God's word and heed it, yeah. you will come in out of the judgment. Yep. Yep. If you hear his voice today hearken to his voice right. do something about it and that's so so here he's saying you know here's here's a second level challenge for you now, not only just is this hail going to be a way i'm going to try and persuade you to to let my people go but you can you can do something about it if you just believe what i'm saying so you know what's happening here is we then begin to see even a separation not just with the israelites from the egyptians but Egyptians from Egyptians. Yes. Because it says some of the servants of among the Egyptians, Pharaoh's servants, hurried and brought their animals in. That's right. They've seen enough. Yeah, exactly. They've had enough evidence to believe that this is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But we have to circle back to this huge, huge statement that's right here in the middle of this, God says. Oh, yes. uh, Because this really is, is... should capture our attention. This is the first time God says anything like this yeah. in the midst of the 
of the plagues. In verse 14, he says, this time I'll send all my plagues on you yourself and on your servants and your people. Here's his purpose. So that, so that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. Mm-hmm. Right? All your little puny made up Egyptian gods. Don't stack up. Or little magicians running around on the floor. Right. Okay, then verse 16, he says, but for this purpose, I could have cut you off, Uh but for this purpose, I've raised you up to show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. Mm -hmm. That is a huge statement of God's purpose in all of this. If you're asking yourself, why did God put Pharaoh and the Egyptians through this? Well, there it is. Yep. Yep. To show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. And it's interesting that he says in all the earth, not just Egypt. Right. I think this became a pretty famous event from all the peoples around. Well, from a very practical point of view, mm-hmm. you know, Egypt was a massive trade nation, right? There was a huge, yeah. huge trade route coming across from the east and from the north down through across the coast by Gaza, coming across mm-hmm. the top of the desert yeah, into Egypt. Yeah. And so at that trade would not have necessarily stopped during this time, but word would have been gunned to be carried back to all the nations with whom Egypt traded. Yeah, yeah. What the heck is going on in Egypt? Yeah, doesn't it make you wonder what the people in Canaan, when uh, mm. Israel came up, what they were thinking? Well, okay, we know what they were thinking uh-huh. because some 40, 50 years later, when they come into Jericho, Rahab says, oh, we've we heard, heard about your God. <laughs> we well, heard. how did she hear that? For probably from her parents. Yes. Because this was a generation later. And from these stories, so the right fame here. of what was happening in Israel or in Egypt was spreading through so all the known earth. God's name was proclaimed in all the earth. That he's the only God. The he, only God. He is the only God. He's the one in charge of everything. This is this God, and this God is interceding on behalf of his nation, Israel. And he is the one who placed Pharaoh in power, raised him right. up, and kept him there. In order to show God's glory. Boy, does that scramble our brain. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, we have despots today that are right. in power and we're like, God, what are you doing? Why don't you take this guy out? Yeah, yeah. Well, God seems to be doing something other than we can see. Yes. And, you know, even if it's as simple as saying in this particular case, you know, you ask a man on the street, who's the most powerful person right. on earth right now? They right. say, well, Pharaoh is, Pharaoh is. He says, well, my God's more powerful than right. him. Really? More powerful than Pharaoh? I can't even imagine a God like that. You're right. It is hard to imagine. But Pharaoh went down under the thumb of this God. So God says, I will show you. You're still exalting yourself against my people, and you won't let them go. So, and then he gives them a warning, a very specific warning. Tomorrow, the hail's going to fall. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's this it's this exalting yourself. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the, the picture is pretty instructive. It means to elevate yourself. To elevate yourself. To, to think of yourself as higher and better and above somebody else. Mm-hmm. We still use that language today. It says that's what you're continually doing. You think that you're something special. You're something elevated above these people. You think you're really something yeah. in that particular sense. But you know what? You're not, and because of that, you think you deserve keeping my people. Like you're the you're the elite class, and right, you're the servant right. class, and you're something, but you're actually not something at all. You're nothing. Yeah. The contrast is really instructive here. That that, that these nobody servants that work for this very powerful nation, these nobody servants, are being um, are being represented by the by the most powerful being in the universe. <laughs> hmm. It's it's really something. So hail's going to come, and by the way, 
if you're smart, you'll listen to my words. Have I been wrong before? Well, God's, God's very God's specific. He says tomorrow yeah. about this time. Yeah. The clock yeah. is ticking. Yeah. I mean, the miracle is as much the timing as it is the actual right. thing. Because this is an event that he says has never happened in Egypt before. They can't even imagine what this is going to be like. They can't. I mean, I'm sure in their lifetimes, they've never seen anything like this. And by the way, you can set your watches. It's going to happen at this time tomorrow. Wow. Well, and you know, we all know who's experienced hail, that hail can happen very suddenly without warning. Oh, yeah. You just don't know it's coming. Yeah. And boom, all of a sudden it's raining rocks all around you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact that this is called a very heavy hail. Well, he says, uh, you know, if you're outside, you'll die. You'll die. That's a pretty it's bad hail. kill your animals. <laughs> well, yeah. when we had that hailstorm a few years ago, I had baby chickens in the yard and right. I ran out and grabbed them because the hail balls were as big as their heads. Yeah. I it's... grabbed those little birds and brought them to the house. <laughs> yeah. 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 It would have killed them. Every man and beast that is in the field and is not brought home will die. Right. This is lethal. Hail. So, isn't this fascinating? Verse 20, when it says, Whoever feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh mm-hmm. hurried, right? Who feared yep. the Lord of the Lord. Yeah. But in verse 21, whoever didn't pay attention to the word of the Lord, why would you not pay attention to the word of this God up to this point? Who had been, been yeah. stirring nature, killed all your livestock, and inflicted a burning skin affliction on you yeah even if pharaoh has a pride issue that's keeping him from recognizing yeah, the people would say no okay we're in now we're going to do something about so it." so we're seeing this division beginning to show yeah. up among the egyptians yeah. themselves some are beginning to fear the word of the lord yeah and it could very well be in in distinction to fearing the word of pharaoh i mean what if what if you were someone who could be seen by pharaoh and you're pulling your animals inside you say hey what are you doing right what are you doing right. well their god has done hey we got our own gods so it, it could be some of that pressure we don't know but we do know there's a division some people are going to save their animals and some aren't and some people are going to die it's the ones who listen to what god has said and believe it's happening yeah yeah we, that's, we talked about <laughs> that this before is still true the word of the lord you were, are you going to believe me or are you not right. going to believe when me? god speaks do you listen yeah and you know this is this is the same problem they'll have over 40 years later when they try and go into the land and they see the giants and they say you know god said he's going to take us in there but hey there's giants so okay. how are we supposed to do this they wouldn't believe his okay promise. and it's interesting too before we read on and we have to read on yeah. that hail in the scripture it shows up 30 ish times in scripture yeah half of them are right here in this right passage here. Exodus. (laughs) And some of the others, where they show up, hail is always indicative of judgment. It is. Yeah. Hail is not a blessing. Hail is a judgment. Did you look? There's that place somewhere in Deuteronomy where it's it's mentioned as part of the curses if you don't listen to God. Oh, I didn't turn that one up. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I can't remember. But I did find in uh, Psalm 148.8 where it says, hail does his bidding. Yes. Right. And then, of course, there's that very famous passage in Revelation where the hail Mm. comes. And it's Revelation uh, 1621. Huge hailstones, about 100 pounds each, came down from heaven upon men. And men blasphemed God because of the plague yeah. of hail. So that, even in Re- in Revelation, is a direct reference back to the judgment of hail on Egypt, yeah. where the yeah. response of those who do not listen to God is to blaspheme him. And the symbolism is very clear. I mean, you always think of God as being in heaven above you, in the sky right, above right. you. So when you got these when you got these hardballs coming down from heaven, it's it's pretty clear where it's coming from. So the symbology is unmistakable. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Oh, Boy, we, we got to read on. We need to push on. Did it happen? Verse 22. Okay. So then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven so that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt on man and beast and every plant in the field plant. in the land of Egypt. Then Moses stretched out his staff toward heaven and the Lord sent thunder and hail and fire ran down to the earth and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. There was hail and fire flashing continually in the yeah. midst of the hail. Very heavy hail such as had never been seen in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. The hail struck down everything that was in the field in all the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And the hail struck down every plant of the field and broke every tree of the field. Every tree. Only in the land of Goshen, where the people of Israel were, there was no hail. Wow. Wow. You want to stop there? Okay, so it happened. It happened. Well, I think we probably should press on, because that's just the description of the event, unless yeah. there's something you want to say. Well, all, all the only thing is, you know, in the warning, God said, if you bring your animals right. and your people in, they'll live. They're outside, they'll right. die. He didn't mention anything about the fact you can't bring your plants inside, you know, <laughs> you have this yeah. kind of hail. And here he mentions it, and it, sure enough, you know, it just wrecks it. Remember that, that? Okay, but hail mashes what's on the surface, but it doesn't destroy the root. Right, and we'll see that in a second, but, but it's interesting here, I, I was just thinking back that June that we had that hail a long oh. time ago and here you have your new little oh, tomatoes just coming bees, up tomatoes. Pow, just destroyed them and that's think of that we're just, just wipes them out just to smithereens if you're a person or a beast out in the field you die and your plants are just smashed to nothing yeah. So the damage has happened. So 27 right? so what's the response? So then Pharaoh sent and called Moses and Aaron. So they've been coming to him, but now Pharaoh sins for them. Yeah. It says, and this is what he says, this time I have sinned. The Lord is in the right and I and my people are in the wrong. Hmm. Plead with the Lord for there has been enough of God's thunder and hail. I will let you go and you shall stay no longer. Moses said to him, wow. as soon as I've gone out of the city, I will stretch out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease and there will be no more hail so that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I know your heart's not right, but right. I'm still going to plead know for you. I yeah. yeah. And then and then we get this little parenthesis here. Now the flax and barley were struck down, for the barley was in the ear and the flax was in the bud. Mm -hmm. But the wheat and the emmer were not struck down, for they are late coming up. So Moses went out from the city of Pharaoh and stretched out his hands to the Lord, and the thunder and the hail ceased, and the rain no longer poured upon the earth. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet again and hardened his heart, he and his servants. So the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people of Israel go, just as the Lord had spoken through Moses. Yep. And what is going on here? Moses knew his heart hadn't changed. I know you don't fear the Lord God. And so really what you see is a man who who regrets the consequence of his sin, not right. so much as not he's really hating his sin. He's feeling remorse, not repentance. Because he says he sinned up in 27, and down here at the end, God says he sinned again. So it's interesting that now we equate the fact that hardening your heart is sin, mm -hmm. or at least a result of it. They're connected together. Right. They're connected here for the first yeah. time. He sinned and he hardened sinned his heart. He hardened his heart, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and so here's the repercussions. It's, it's but it's interesting what Pharaoh says now. Uh, okay, this time I've sinned. The Lord's right. He says the Lord's right. Go and plead with him. So he doesn't take personal. Uh, he doesn't go personally to God. No. He says now you go, you, you go, go. Yeah. and tell him there's enough thunder and lightning, thunder and hail. Yeah. 
yeah, this this is enough. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. He wants his circumstances fixed. Yeah. But he is unwilling to be fixed himself. Well, and I I think it's interesting that when Moses responds to him, Mm. he says, okay, I'll do this. When I go out of the city, I, you know, I'll stretch out my hand. I'll do yeah. this. I'll do this. And then he says to Pharaoh in his face, he says yeah. to him, uh, <laughs> you know, I know that you don't yet right. fear the Lord God. I'm Has Moses grown or what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I just, I find that fascinating. I mean, he can mumble that under his breath when he leaves, but he says it right to no, Pharaoh's he says it right face. To him. Right to his face. I know that you don't yet fear the Lord. And so, so you know, when I, I don't know how Pharaoh can find the guts to change his mind on this when he says, I've, I've already been outed. I mean, they know my heart. Moses knows my heart. Yeah, everyone knows that I'm just doing this because the circumstances changed to my benefit. You know, I'm not really repentant in any real way. I mean, they know me inside and out, but still I'm going to change my mind and get away with it. Well, we're going to actually see in the next few weeks that actually Pharaoh's people begin to say to him, what is wrong with you? Don't you see that <laughs> right. Egypt is ruined? Exactly. Right? That, and yeah. he is so intent in his yeah. hardness. Yeah. And I and I see it as a repudiation of him just in the common life in Egypt as well, because there there probably were some people who saved their animals in the barn from the hail. Oh, well, it says that there were. Yeah. And so now they're walking around with their animals. They're the only ones that have animals in Egypt. They're the ones that went against Pharaoh and went with the God of Israel. And that's just got to be a constant reminder mm-hmm. as, as Pharaoh looks across his land. There were some people that actually did heed the word of God where I did not. And look at their benefit. That's got to be just a constant walking reminder in front of them that, you know what? If you listen to God, you'll find life. If you don't listen to God, you'll find death. And I don't know. So now he's got this testimony from his people walking around their animals and against him and against what he's done. So many people now are turning against Pharaoh and they're, they're losing people in their households. And, you know, when we get to the 10th plague, they'll lose household members yeah. in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. So this has just escalated in a massive way. But it's interesting that, that the writer here, which, of course, is Moses, says, um, you know, the flax and the barley were struck down, mashed mm-hmm. to a pulp, mm-hmm. but the wheat and the emmer were still, the barley and the emmer were still okay. And like the flax was in the butt. There like we we're saved. At least we have our wheat. Right, because the, the hail didn't penetrate what didn't was penetrate planted the ground. Yeah. below the dirt, but which you know what? is interesting because that's going to be coming up when the locusts come that benefit is not going to survive for uh, very that's long right so <laughs> you know mean, you think you may still have a little money in the bank but as time right. passes yeah and i've always wondered now this is total speculation on my part but i wonder with pharaoh in his hard heart whether he strutted around after this and said well folks things do look bad we lost all of our barley you know we everything does look bad but at least we've got our wheat you know maybe the god of israel is slipping a little bit because he could have timed this a little better and taken out all the wheat but he didn't so we got a wheat so at least we got a wheat but you know when you get in the next chapter that's not going to matter anymore yeah yeah it's just not going to matter well, we've come down near the end Boy, of our time Boy, we're getting close here. to the end. So, you know, my question is, what is this telling us about God? Yeah. Always. Is there new information here? Well, we get that incredible statement. He says, I'm doing this so you'll know there is none like me. Yeah, and it's really true. That even a despot like Pharaoh, God says, I've put you in place to serve my purpose. You mm-hmm. think you're serving your own purpose, but I'm. you're serving my purpose. Yeah. My name will be proclaimed in all the earth. I will show my power because you are such a wretch. Yeah, the contrast, yeah. And yeah, then and- God sets his own people apart. 
Mm -hmm. That struck me so visually, like we said uh, the other day about, you know, what about if you look out your driveway and you see snow in your driveway and no Mm -hmm. snow in your neighbors? Well, what's with that? Well, this is death giving hail that's not falling right, on the right. Israelites. And you can't attribute it to nature. No. It doesn't, it doesn't Well, make we know sense. the hailstorm can be a whim, right. right? It can land on me and not my neighbor. Yeah. But, but all the Israelites? But all the Israelites, mm, the whole region? Yeah. Statistically, that's a pretty low probability. Yeah. That, that, that's not going to happen. And then here also we have this takeaway that this resistance to, to believing God's word is now actually sin. Right. And the, what it right. can do to your heart is it can actually harden your heart to accept what God says even further as you do that. So it's actually a sinful posture to take when you hear God's words and you say, nope, not going to have anything to do with it. Now, he tries he tries to mediate it a little bit by by basically, you know, it looks like he regrets the consequences of his sin. It looks like he says, well, that turned out really poorly. Well, so will you plead for me? It looks like he he takes a couple steps in the right direction, but he's really not. He's really not. That's remorse. Yeah. That's, That's just remorse. This hurts. I'm sorry it's happening. That's right. Fix it. I regret this right. consequence. Yeah. Maybe next time I won't do this, but I regret the consequence. But no one's leaving Egypt. You know, there's another takeaway here when it says that Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Uh, Pharaoh hardened his heart and his servants hardened their servants. hearts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that influence mm-hmm. of a hardened heart in a leader yep. can influence people who otherwise might have been inclined another way to believe yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, that is a warning. You know, God's gracious when he gives a warning. He says, there, the judgment is coming, the clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do not harden your heart. Yep, yep. That's from Psalm 95, right? Psalm 95. Today, if you Today, hear his, if voice, you hear his do voice, do not harden your heart. Yeah, and that's all. that couplet always goes together biblically. You hear his voice, what are you going to do about it? And you're going to obey it, you're going to do something about it, or are you just going to deny it and say, I know better? And those always go together. And in uh, and, and God's fairness, you know, it, it, it's not as though he's not telling us no, where these things could lead. Us. He's telling us very clearly. It's in our pride and in our sin. We say, nope, don't want to have anything to do with in this. In our exalting ourselves. Exalting ourselves. And yet we th- we think we're getting away with it, but just like Moses is right to Pharaoh's face, you know, back there in verse 30, you know. I know that you don't yet fear the Lord your God. Right. You just right. don't fear him. Your heart's not in the right place. And I know that. But I'm still going to plead for God and we'll take away the hail. But I know where we're at. You're not fooling anybody. anybody. Yeah. And God God looks at our hearts and we're not fooling anybody when we do what we do and just disobey what God said. Well, we're at our end of our time, and uh, we're going to come back next week and start into Chapter 10, a very, very famous plague as we come next time. And sure enough, that ace in the hole of not having your wheat sprouted (laughs) is just not going to be very helpful because in a few minutes, it's all going to be gone. So I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And come back and join us next time on On More More Than Than Ink. Than Inc. is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org. Okay, eh, not so hot. It's, it's not bad. <laughs>